You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Happy birthday to me. I live in a zoo. I don't think that's accurate. I smell like a monkey and I eat my own poo. Oh my god. <laughs> This is your only celebration for this birthday thing because it's not your birthday, and we're not even we're close, I guess. That was um that Happy was my tribute to birthday. myself. That's lo- that was eating poo was a lovely tribute. I do do that. It's quite nutritious. You should no, try it. It's not something I am aware of after seventeen years of marriage. You should try it. It's good. This anyway. is a lovely conversation. The before the after the show discussion was nothing except him dicking around with the sounds and us having to start over and over and over. So I forgot what we were talking about before that. <laughs> and I am uh, 48 years old this week. So thank you to my mother for birthing me 48 years ago. Aw. And uh, thank you. And thank good night. You. Good night. And thank you and goodbye. <laughs> uh, gifts are accepted. That's a... Uh, no. Gif like a dot .gif file? Yes, gifts. Okay, gifts. Lots of gifts. Send okay. me a gif for my birthday. <laughs> Will do. Now you've said it, I'll have to do it. All right. All right, so it is Saturday, July the 8th. This is after the show number 487. We are a podcast. We review movies. And this week, uh, we are reviewing the movie, The Fate of the Furious. It's a 2016 movie released on Blu-ray on July the 11th. 2017. Mm, that date sounds more like what you're talking about. It's rated PG-13. Yeah, they, they released it because they knew it was my birthday and I like these movies. And uh, they wanted to give it as a gift to me, I think. Sweet. That's what Vin Diesel tells me. Uh, it's from uh, our friends at Universal, rated PG-13. Um, weirdly, there are two versions of this, this movie. There's the theatrical cut that we just watched. And... Only on digital, you get a digital code in the box. There's a direct director's cut that's 10 minutes longer. Now, we didn't see that because we got the physical copy so we could watch the disc and not have to download it. But if you want to watch a different version, you have to download that version. Mm. Uh, they used to just put them in the box, two discs, but now it's exclusive to digital. Because it's cheaper. Yeah, but still, it's a weird way of doing it. So, we'll be reviewing the theatrical version so sid talk what's the uh, synopsis no, for the fate no, of the furious no 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 these movies are all you my friend all right so this is the eighth eighth fast and the furious movie um f8 it says on the box fate clever i'm sure somebody clever came up with that but um yeah it's the eighth installment it's kind of like um it's the beginning of a new trilogy of movies, actually, going up to Fast 10. This doesn't sound like a short synopsis. And, uh, well, it's shorter than what you would do. Nope. Not and, on this uh, one. It is the continuing adventures of Dominic Toretto and his gang of, what are they? Criminals. Are they car thieves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. They're criminals that everybody turned, seems to love. Criminals turned super spies uh, and the, another adventure with them. So, Sid Talk, what is your 
what do you think of the fate of the furious or what do you think of this franchise in general really you're asking me that do you think people well if anyone hasn't listened to our podcast before i'm not into the fast and the furious thing at all i will enjoy individual it bitsy tiny little bits and pieces of each one and i my favorite is number three which everyone who loves the franchise seems to think is the least best one so there you go um i'm not a huge fan i enjoy it while it's happening but my mind is constantly even though i know it's we're skirting the fantasy like you say james bond almost in the marvel universe of superhero-ness i don't think of it that way so anytime i see a guy drive a car into the belly of an airplane that's just a huge giant airplane that's almost landed on a on a road on a highway about close enough to the ground so that they can drop a, a ramp and the guy can drive up and then it takes off on purpose i have to work really hard at that now if it's a james bond movie for some reason i don't have a problem with it if it's a marvel movie for some reason my mind goes there but this because it started in reality ishness you know car thieves and money and like the bad guys being just dickheads who maybe wanted to rule the world, but it wasn't like out of this world technology yet. I still go back there and think, nah. So I have to, every single scene, I have to talk myself out of the nitpicking. Overall, I have a good time because this time even I was like, holy shit, what was that unexpected? And, you know, like, whoa, like all the cars, the um, auto drive cars. cars. Yeah, that was really cool. Just the idea of it and the execution of it was pretty cool. So individual bits and pieces I enjoy. But as a story, I couldn't give a shit about this Toretto guy. I couldn't care less about his oath to his family or whatever it is. It just doesn't do anything for me at all. When I watch the testosterone scenes where they're like, yeah, bellying up to each other and like they have some good fight scenes, but then they have all the stupid one-liner stuff that. I could totally do without. So I'm a mixed bag of enjoyment, and it makes me feel dumb all at the same time. I have to say, um, my one of, I think might be my favorite out of the bunch is Fast Five, the one where they do the uh, heist and pull the safe behind the car. Mm, the that, that that's an enjoyable one. Yeah, um, and since Fast Five, it's become progressively bigger and bigger and more actiony, and turning. You know, semi-ludicrous. You have to ludicrous. ludicrous. You have to. Um, you really have to shut your brain off now. It is. It has gone into James Bond territory. It is just spectacle and bigness, and it is the movie is about the a- action and not really about the acting or the characters anymore. I don't think. I don't think it ever was. Was it? I don't know. I think the characters now are just a ve- vehicle to get you to the next big action set mm. piece right and the action set pieces i have to say are getting better and better just when i thought i'd seen everything like in the last movie where cars jump from the tops of skyscrapers into other skyscrapers and it was <laughs> wow this is crazy to this movie spoilers where cars are being chased by a submarine <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is like on a thin layer of ice that surprisingly <laughs> they all keep driving on. yeah you know so and you know while that is ridiculous there's a submarine chase in a car chase i'm sure, i don't think if you go back and look in film history i'm assuming there has never been a submarine chase submarine car chase before 
Mm. I don't recall ever. It is kind of cool. Also, the zombie car thing, which is very apt for this now. Um, there's a scene in the middle of the movie where uh, the hacker lady, which is a very tropey um, movie thing now, to have the hacker hacker baddie. Yeah. Um, so she hacks all cars that have got, um, you know, like Teslas that can drive auto themselves. Play, auto drive, yeah. Yeah, so she hacks all those to be driverless cars that go after our, our um, heroes. Uh, so it's just this wall of cars driving around, you know, New York City with no drivers in them. It's really a cool idea. I it thought is, it was yeah. really cool. And I agree. It's really well executed in the movie. It's just really, oh wow, this is really fun. And as that was happening, I was thinking to myself, the Fast and the Furious has got to a level where I think they can do anything and get away with it. If they go to space next time, <laughs> I wouldn't really question it because they have got to this level of, it doesn't really matter what's happening or, like, can you explain this? It's just really a fun thing to look at. And as far as an action thing goes, there are, there are some of the best action scenes you, you can see, you know, in movies these days. But, like I say, the the dialogue and the... If I have things to pick up, the dialogue is very stilted and very <laughs> um, exposition dialogue where somebody's telling you what's happening. Um, the lady who you thought was Money Penny from yeah, she is she is guilty as charged of being <laughs> the person who goes. So this connects to that, and this it therefore means this. She actually says it to the camera. And it's like... Uh, She's not saying it to the camera. That's not accurate. I mean, she, not well, She it's it's not a narration. It's more of a, like, she's spelling out the plot to you, even though you've already figured it out, because it's not complicated. There was a couple of times where I was like, why do we need to be told that? There was a couple of times in this that this movie is guilty of charged of doing this, too, where it... For instance, do you know the bit where he hangs the cross on the yep. thing? And then it shows you little flashbacks as though you didn't remember he did that, like, 20 minutes ago. Well, it didn't show us the flashing light on it, no, which we would have seen, but we didn't because they didn't yeah, want us but to. It's like, it's like, uh, hey, audience, you, we feel like you're as dumb as we are, so... Yeah, but if they didn't show it, they'd have to have somebody say it. Do you remember when I hung my cross on the thing? Yeah. And then you're going to say it's <laughs> shitty narration, so either way, they're screwed. But um, there is a lot of bad dialogue. Like, there's a part where they're all sat in a room um, discussing the plan that they're going to come up with next around a table. And all the dialogue is like, we are going to do this. One-liner, one-liner. We are going to do this. Funny guy <laughs> has to say something funny. That's how it feels. Like yeah. It feels like somebody wrote it down like that. So you're not coming into this for Oscar-caliber performances or anything like that. I don't think anybody is, like, amazing in this. I did think that, said to you, everybody's having fun, at least. You can tell people are having fun. Or are they just going, ooh, this is the paycheck of my life, you know? Yeah. It doesn't sound like much fun behind the scenes. It looks like fun when you see the extras, though. It it definitely looks like they're having fun. But Sometimes. we've, We've heard some stories there about the set that didn't sound fun, so... um. But yeah, all I can say is those action set pieces, and there are three in this movie that are the main... In fact, these are, this is how these movies are all set up now. In, the last one was the same. 
There's three set pieces. There's the opening race, which takes place in Havana, which I thought was fairly cool. Did you like that? Um, it was all right. I mean, it was it was to me really boring. It was big though. You get a really yeah, big doesn't equal exciting to me, and I'm not a um car race fan. So we all know that they take very specific ones to get me really interested. And this was just two guys driving around the roads, busy streets of a little bit exotic location, which we kind of miss out on because all we're doing is racing through the streets with a bunch of hot chick asses flung in our faces. There constantly. was a lot of asses, I have oh to say. Oh my God. It's like, I'm, I'm at least glad that the young lady who's in their crew now, rolls her eyes every time one of them makes a dickhead comment because somebody needs to. There there was nothing said about it. But anytime somebody's like, you know, hey sweetie, you know, come over here, she just roll her eyes at him like, yeah, uh, she no, did. we're not playing that. So that race didn't interest me at all. Didn't do one thing for me. What so, I feel like that opening like it was beautiful that they shot it in Havana. It looked it was actually shot there. It, it did it, look cool. Yeah, it did look cool. Um he was also. It was also a little bit of a throwback to the Paul Walker thing again. To kind of, you know, it went back to the street racing part of what Fast and the Furious started out with. So it was just a straight up little street race between Vin Diesel and this guy, which is how it started. And he also, for anybody who's a fan of the movies, mentions like, "Oh, Buster taught me this." And if you are a fan of the movies, you'll know that Buster was the nickname for. Mm-hmm. Paul Walker's character back in the first movie. So he does this trick with a ring pull off a can of soda and it like makes the car go faster. <laughs> so all that was kind of like, a, I think it was kind of, we want to throw back to the first movie. But again, it's way bigger than the first movie. It ends in a fiery fireball of craziness where it goes over <laughs> into the sea. You know, it is big and epic kind of. But yeah, it, I can see why you wouldn't be excited over that part because it's kind of more, they're just kind of going back for the nostalgia of how it started, I think. Also setting up another character that I believe is probably going to play a part in the next one, don't you think? Yeah. Then the uh, what happens next uh, in the movie, and this is where this differentiates from the other ones, is Dom Toretto, your hero, um through a series of events, becomes a bad guy? Sort of, would you say? Mm, working for a bad guy. Yeah, he's not He's not with your friendly crew of uh, Fast and the Furious people anymore. He's working with the bad guy. And down to a series of events that happens. So that's what differentiates this movie, because he's off on his own, and they're wondering why he's turned against them. So that's the whole plot, really. And what it boils down to, I'm not going to spoil, there are a couple of surprises. I'm doing that in quotes. But they're not, because we both figured them out before they happened, right? <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they're very... It's, it's not the kind of movie where it takes much. They're trying to make you have some wow moments in this movie where you go, oh my god, that that is happening. But they, neither of those things worked. There are three main things that are supposed to be like (gasps) you're supposed to go like that one of them it did get me I didn't see that coming if you're not a fan of the franchise and you haven't seen the other movies it wouldn't mean anything to you much you'd be like oh in fact you said oh I don't really remember (laughs) no 
And that was only from two movies ago. I didn't remember. I kind of just, I get, I let him go as soon as I'm done because it doesn't do anything for me. And then there is a, uh, you know, another couple of reveal type moments. One of them's actually pretty cool involving a, I've not actually put her down on the list because it's kind of a spoilerish thing, but you know what I'm saying? There's a person who's yeah. in this very briefly who yeah. is, is kind of a cool reveal. Um, but yeah, any of the suspense due to the story doesn't work because it's too transparent what is happening, I think. They try to kind of throw you off to one side, but it doesn't yeah. really work. So any of the suspense or, you know, it only comes from the action sequences. Because you really don't know what's going to happen minute to minute in these action sequences. They're In that sequence at the end, for instance, they're storming a Russian base. This does go all around the world. It ends up like James Bond again. Yep. Yeah, New um, York City, you've got Russia. Well, we wouldn't know it's Russia. It's just a frozen tundra. True. It was filmed in Russia, funnily enough. They did actually film in Russia, even though they didn't need to. <laughs> but it has the epic scale now. They, there's no expense spared, you can tell, with the locations and the special effects. But that end sequence, it you know, starts off as this, we're going to infiltrate this place, we're going to hack this computer... And then, like I say, you know, it turns into a car chase with a submarine following them on the ice. So you don't really know where these are going to go. Like, and they are pretty inventive. You know, the part in the middle of the movie when they're in uh, New York and um, they uh, fire spears at his car. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah, that was yeah. really. I was like, but as wow. you can tell, I I was actually like, what? Oh yeah, but in the moment, it was like, ooh. Haven't seen that, and that did turn out quite visually interesting, and then, like, trying to think of the physics of it, you know? Not yeah. too hard, but, I mean, oh, yeah, that was kind of interesting. So, basically, like, Vin Diesel's in the middle, and all his crew, which are not his crew. They've harpooned him. They harp all harpoon him, so there's harpoons in his car, and he's trying to get away from them, while they're also reversing at the same time, so it's like a tug of war between the cars. And how it ends up is really cool. It's the most elaborate plan ever, though, because couldn't you just set up a roadblock and stop him? He's only in a car, right? I don't know. He's moving very fast. <laughs> yeah, but it was, don't pretty, nitpick. it was a pretty elaborate Don't nitpick. Plan. Don't be me. So, um, yeah. that. But as far as visual, as far as what haven't we seen in a car chase before, and uh, it, they seem to nail that every time with something where you go, wow, I don't think I've actually seen cars driving themselves out of buildings and landing on top of another car. No. Like, I don't think I've seen that. No, that was good. So they always do come up with inventive stuff. And I think the CG looks pretty good overall. I think it looked a bit ropey at the end when the submarine was chasing them. Yeah, a little bit. But by then I was sort of like, okay, let's go with it. It actually looked good. And then right near the end of the submarine sequence, it all gets very close to the looking really at close at the drivers and you can and it's all shaking around and you can kind of tell it's just all CG at that point. Mm-hmm. Like but a lot of it was really cool. It reminded me of Fury Road where the uh submarine and the missiles were were shooting at the cars and they were flying up in the air in flames and there was big walls of fire and stuff. It looked like Fury Road that part. Correct. Of that. That's what exactly what I thought. Yeah. Um and talking of Fury Road as a this should be called The Fate of the Furiosa, because <laughs> she does actually appear in this movie. Not as Furiosa. So, um, yeah. That'd be a good uh, crossover. 
As far as all the fast movies go, I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was really fun. It's just a fun turn-your-brain-off movie, um, like the last one was. But from minute to minute, I, th- I find it exciting and really fun. I, like you say, I don't particularly care about the story of them because I kind of know where it's going every time. I know that they're going to be sat around a table at the end of every movie and Vin Diesel's going to say family. He's going to put his glass up and they're all going to... There might be some of them. Somebody might be dead at that point. But it's never really... It's not really the movie you go to for the story, is it? To see what happens next. Like Star Wars. Not unless you like getting off on the big, you know, who's the big baddie and what bad thing do they want to do to the world kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, the the baddie in this, well, when we get onto the cast, we'll discuss it, but I I was interested in this baddie. um, More so than baddies of the previous ones where you almost instantly forget who they were, you know? So moving on to the cast here, Vin Diesel plays Dom. What do you think of Vin Diesel's portrayal, serious portrayal of Mm. Dom? Same as always. (laughs) <laughs> there's no difference he just is what he is he doesn't i don't know I mean, you know my favorite vin diesel movie is pitch black and yeah. that's it <laughs> there's not a lot of range and that's the same every time anyway but in that particular movie i was okay with it i mean he's fine but if they killed him off i'd be fine too he's, i don't mean vin diesel i mean his character he's just an action an action hero like bruce willis in his day or like mm. you know he's a Tough guy who kind of has a gravelly voice and uh, I don't know if he does his own stunts because a lot of the time it looks like Diesel Friend to me when you see him jumping yeah, out of the car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, he's a tough guy with muscles and there's not much range. But there again, this character doesn't have much range, does he? He's just a troubled, tough guy. Jason Statham is back as Deckard. What do you think of Statham? It was a little too cheeky, but I liked him. I liked the fight scenes, but then, you know, I had to find something to hang on to. I almost thought Statham stole the show in this movie. A little very, bit. I agree. He was very funny. I didn't expect that because he's usually pretty dark and serious in these movies. But in this one, his relationship with uh, Dwayne Johnson is kind of funny what they're saying back and forth. It's not stupid one-liners. It's more... And they actually have a little bond in the middle of the movie. They bond over something... But the scene at the end on the airplane where it's Jason Statham and a baby versus everybody else. And that was funny. <laughs> really good. I thought that was good with the I music. I can handle that one. It was funny. Yeah, it's um, yeah Statham kicking everybody's ass, but he's looking after a baby at the same time. That sounds as stupid as a submarine <laughs> chasing a bunch of cars. But when you actually watch it, it's just a total, It's just a load of fun. Like It's silly and very violent, but then funny at the same time. And an obvious, like I said to you, probably an homage to the movie uh, Hard Boiled by John Woo, because it seemed very, very similar to that. But I really liked it. So I think Jason Statham actually stole the show for me. Dwayne Johnson, um, The Rock, what did you think of him? I don't mind him anymore. I feel like he also has, I mean, they give him really shitty dialogue sometimes, like with the soccer thing, And but I feel like he's one of my favorite things in the movie. And that's very unusual because I, I don't mind him at all. I'm interested in like this. You know, we've met his character a long time ago. He kind of goes, he's gone through the same thing that the Brian character did, you know, yeah. law enforcement and then sort of like siding with these, this band of criminals. And I don't know. I don't, he doesn't bother me. He is pretty funny at times. Um, I've always thought he's decent. He's, he's the most a- memorable thing to me. Him and like with you, Jason Statham and 
Um, Charlize Theron were my most memorable things. Um, hot from a, a Oscar-winning performance in The Assignment is Michelle Rodriguez uh, as Letty. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Michelle? You know what? This is something I realized today. Michelle Rodriguez, we just watched, I was being sarcastic, the movie The Assignment a couple of podcasts ago. Go and listen to that and see what we thought of that. Mm. But it was... Or don't. It was... <laughs> She's so much better in this movie. She is. And there's not a ton for her to do in this movie, really. It's not great. It's just better than that. Yeah, it's, yeah there's a level, isn't there? And it, it... You know, this isn't Oscar winning either, but it, there's a level and it seems like she wasn't on point on that other one. Don't know. It's just a script and everything. The script in this isn't great, but she seems to deliver the Letty performance more... Um, I, I believe that she's that more. Yeah. I believe that she's Letty. Definitely. Uh, Tyrese Gibson plays Roman. Boring. Um, let me say, Tyrese and Ludacris. They were really welcome additions, I thought, to the team of in Fast and the Furious. But And yes, we know they're both kind of the funny guys, but the funny thing is wearing off now. It's not funny. It's really boring. It used to be funny. But now it's just the same. There's no... It's one note. It's like, I'm going to make fun of you. You're going to make fun of me. When we're in the cars, we need something to say over the radios. Like in Top Gear, when they're on one of those journeys. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be those guys. We're going to be the guys who make funny comments. And uh, there's nothing else to them. They've roped them into a... Like Three Stooges kind yep, of thing. exactly. And if everybody complained about the two robots in Transformers being insulting, yeah. I think they sh- the people should consider this. Because they're just... Do- I mean, yes, one of them's a hacker. The other one seems to be a good shot. So they have their skills, and yet their characters are diminished. Not that this is a high-ranking movie and everybody gets to be fully developed. I'm just saying... While I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, really? You reduce these two people, who obviously are clever... To wisecracks. Yeah, to nothing more than that. Whereas the other people who have the wisecracks, like Jason Statham, has a lot, and yet you feel like a more solid... There's more solid character stuff to him than there is to these two, and I just find it really boring. Like, when they're talking, I'm just like... If uh, Tyrese had one really good scene in this movie, though, it was the one with the car door... And the people on the on the um yeah, like I said, you find out. Oh, he's a pretty good shot. Is that something we've known already? Yeah. I don't even know. I did like that, and it kind of gave him this hero moment where he happened to have a silly one-liner again. But there was definitely oh, this isn't a guy who's kind of useless who makes jokes. That he actually can do something. Yeah, let's hope that that carries on. Yeah, uh, Na- Nathalie Emmanuel plays Ramsey, and she's the uh, British. They rescued her in the last movie. And now she's part of the team. She's a hacker. You have to have a hacker in these movies, don't you? <laughs> what do you think of her? Mm, she's all right. I mean, she's a little bit boring, too. Like you said, she's just there to tell you stuff. And then when they have actors being a hacker, I'm not a hacker. I don't under- I don't know the dynamics of it or how how fast and easy these Brainiac people can actually sit down at a control system that they have never seen their entire life, probably in another language even, and just instantly know how to utilize it. That drives me crazy. Now, yeah. if it's done in a way where the person, they let the person have a, like a minute or two to struggle with it, then I'm cool with it. I can get over it. My my bubble of disbelief is in place or if a belief she just instantly does like, and she's in. And I think either that's her 
or someone directing her, not telling her. I don't know. Again, I'm nitpicking because I'm bored at those points, probably. I found found her really wooden. She's very, like, there's not much personality to her. Yeah. She's very, like, she's just there for one, like, she has to hack and she has to tell you some stuff. And that's all I feel she's there for. And... The two comedy, unfortunately, they're writing her into the two comedy, Ludacris and Tyrese's thing. Little band of comedies, yeah. Like, she's going to be the third wheel in their silly comedy thing, eventually. Um, the bad guy in this movie, Charlize Theron, plays Cypher. What do you think of her? Yeah, I liked her. I feel like I didn't understand her motivation fully. They kind of muddied the water there, where I understand this, the big bad idea of it. Overall, she's a hacker. She's a hacker, but again, with this sort of genius level hacking, where no matter what you put in front of her, she can do it. But that aside, I like her more than her character. I don't think she was given a whole lot of substance, you know, but she does that sort of like, I am crazy, but Mm. I am very driven. And I I appreciate that. The unfortunate thing for me, for her, and I really like her, I like. Charlie's thrown a lot, and she's definitely she. She even got into this character. I thought, and yeah, she was kind of brooding and oh yeah, like evil. But unfortunately, and this is not her fault; it's the film's fault. She basically gets um, just stuck. She's on a plane the entire movie, like a, a command center, and that's it. We never see her outside of that. Really, she's just on this command center. She's typing in things. She's hacking stuff. She's not true. She comes in that place with him. She does. But, I mean, it's relatively, what, it's like a minute in the entire Mm -hmm. movie. So she's behind a keyboard. She's telling a dude what to do. I really wanted to see her be in some action, but she doesn't get to be in any action. I mean, she gets to do a parachute jump, which you don't see. (laughs) So, hopefully, she uh, returns and uh, gets more to do next time. But um, I did feel menace from her there's a scene with a window and something happens behind it that was definitely scary definitely like she felt like she you know creepy she's got this weird she's not actually affected by things like death it doesn't really <laughs> care it doesn't register so i was interested. so then if that's the case you see the problem with that character is if we're going to dig deep to telling a story about a character if she in that moment is, and she's got this philosophy thing that she's dug up along the way about choices. We all make choices. Her choice is to hold the world powers accountable, spoiler, by having control over nuclear weapons and over the EMP. internet and over like that kind of stuff. Where they have to now make choices that are better, but she never defines what it is. Is she, does she care about the people? Does she care about the suffering? Does she care about People working in factories for nothing. Does she care about children being turned into soldiers? She doesn't. There's never a clear thing. So if in her moment of being threatening, she's willing to sacrifice what we're seeing her being willing to sacrifice, that doesn't go along with the idea of wanting to make the world a better place. So, yeah, true. I, I, I feel so. I either mean- she doesn't really want to make the world a better place, which is fine. I'd rather her just be some maniacal fucking witch who wants to like bring everything down you know that's fine that's if that's the bad guy's motive then i'm the bad woman's motive then i'm cool with that like complete chaos and utter you know reign over this world of like burning to the ground that's cool but then don't mix it up with well yeah but we want to make people do the right thing 
and then she's doing this really evil thing. It just didn't make any sense. Do you feel like we'll learn more about her throughout this? I hope so. Yeah, I do. I think it'd be interesting to have her back again. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell returns. Um, He was in the last one as Mr. Nobody. I mean, he just does his Kurt Russell thing. He does his Kurt Russell impression. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. He's good. I mean, I like that he's in it. I like Kurt Russell. He's a good personality. I like what he's playing. It's kind of this mysterious dude who, uh, Sid Talk, spoilers, will, uh, said to me, uh, she, he probably will eventually be the bad guy. That's what I think, but that's theory. Again, while I'm sitting and watching a movie that's not engaging my brain fully with what's happening, I have to project some new stuff into the mix. <laughs> and we got, um, finally a new guy in this, uh, episode, um, because, well, it's kind of it's kind of a place replacement for Paul Walker because he even drives the same car. But this is Scott Eastwood, who is Clint Eastwood's son. He plays Little Nobody. He's probably going to get a proper name in the next one, I imagine. Um, what did you think of Scott Eastwood? He was good. I mean, he held his own with it's... these people. He was given some of those stupid one-liner things, which is disappointing. However, um, I felt like he he fit in just fine. He wasn't too serious and he wasn't too goofy. I mean, I think he did a good job. And um, I'd want to see more. He's, he's, it's quite clear he's going to be part of the team for real next time. Yeah. Um, because he's he has a bit of a character arc in this. I mean, it's really... It happens quite abruptly. Like, oh, he's, he's this person. Oh, no. I've learned, so now I'm this person. It doesn't take him long to actually change. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to see more of him next time. This is directed by a new director this time as well. Um, you know, it was Justin Lin, and uh, now it's uh, F. Gary Gray. And uh, he directed The Italian Job, which was Marky Mark and um, Furiosa. <laughs> uh, what did you... I liked The Italian Job, the original, but that remake was kind of meh, mm-hmm. you know? He also directed Straight Out of Compton last year, which I actually watched and thought that was really, really good. It's the story of NWA. And uh, it was really well done. And he also directed a movie with uh, Vin Diesel called A Man Apart, um, which I did not see. So what do you think of F. Gary Gray? Do you think this is just this franchise doesn't really matter who directs it? I agree with that statement. It's kind of a director for hire. Unless you hand it off to somebody who has real specific visual impact, like the guy who did the one James Bond or something like that, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. Like, yep. Skyfall looks very different Correct. to the other Bond movies Correct. because of that. Now, these all kind of look the same, but they all look very good. I mean, they look like a lot of money has been spent, and they look... They're not... They don't do crazy shaky calm and all that. It's not a, it's not a style. It's just a very straight-up action It's not movie. born. <laughs> yeah, but I think they look good, and the special effects are always good. You know, they spend a lot of money, obviously, making sure it's right. Um... So yeah, I I think this is the kind of movie where kind of franchise where they could just interchange directors and you will never know that it was a different one. It'll just it's, it'll feel like another Fast and the Furious movie. I agree. Uh, I don't know who's directing the next one, but like I say, I don't think it really matters. So extras and there are a bunch of extras on this Blu-ray. Um, there's there's not as many as I would like. There's a commentary. There's uh, it's split into parts. There's one about the family, as they call it. So it's about the actors. One about the stunts. They break it down like the New York stunts, the Russian stunts, and the uh, Havana stunts. There's, um, what else is there? Some 
What did we watch? What was that second one? I'm blanking on them. I haven't got I don't even remember, really. I think... Oh, Mr. Nobody. Little Mr. Nobody. Yeah. About... Yeah, about the two new... Well, the new character who Scott Mm -hmm. Eastwood plays. But yeah, there's a bunch of extras. uh, And like I say, if you want to watch the director's cut, you have to... There's a digital code inside the box. If you enter that into Vudu or iTunes or wherever, you can watch the director's cut. So if I watch this movie again, I'll watch that director's cut to see what's different, you know? But um, it's a good package. There's a decent amount of extras, as there usually is with these movies. There's also a box set that's just come out um, on the same day. It comes out on July the 11th, Tuesday. Um, It's a box set of all eight of them. I would suggest if you're a really big fan of this movie, though, and you're looking for the box set, to wait till the 10th one has come out and buy that big box set. Because you're only going to end up with a box set that's not complete right now, aren't you? Yeah. So, uh... In conclusion, Sid Talk, what do you think? Fate of the Furious. It was fun, but I've forgotten most of it already. And I think... <laughs> it, I, I'm a fan of this franchise. I call it a guilty pleasure, usually, but I don't think it's guilty. Do you really guilty. feel guilty? Yeah, you don't feel no, guilty. No, I don't think it's guilty at all. I will nah. sit and watch these movies. They're, they're just fun to me. In fact, after watching this one, I actually want to go back and watch the first one to see how different it actually is. I almost feel like the first one might be kind of boring now, because there's not much action at all like i don't feel like it was much action like maybe like two or three things happen it's not really? like this right i but don't know in the first one if i remember rightly they have a drag race as the as the action scene at the end it's literally a drag race they go from point a to point b it's not very far and a train is involved and it's really really brief like so maybe back then if i'm remembering because i've not seen it for a while it was more about the people and the dialogue and the story than the actual racing. I don't know. But I'd like to go back and see the first one just to see how much it's changed. Um, so thanks to Universal. Um, yes, I would recommend this. If you're a fan of action movies, you know, turn your brain off, get your popcorn, big action blockbuster, you know, major amounts of money spent on it, you can tell, then I think you might have fun with it. But check your brain at the door because it is not that kind of movie. <laughs> It's oh, not... that was my problem. That was my mistake. Yeah. Yeah, you don't even think about... Don't think about any of it too hard, because it will break <laughs> your... Your mind will... You can't explain any of this. If you if I, you have to say... But the thing is, though, I can sit and watch Star Wars. I can sit and watch Star Trek. I can sit and watch Bob's Burgers, which is an animated series about fictional characters. And I'm all in. I'm all in to everything they do and everything they say, and I don't question it, and I don't sit there and pick it apart. There is a magic combination, an intangible something, that I can go along with all kinds of crazy shit. If it's fiction, I can go there. You know, I can watch a movie about a boy who goes to a magic school, right? Where the train station is invisible. But I'm in. I'm not questioning it. I'm not doubting it. But I'm all but when everything's means. all falling apart and there's not enough glue and there's not enough any anything to really keep me there, that's when I question it. Even if it's not that outrageous, which this is slightly, but No, I'm all in on these movies though when I'm watching. I know. Them. I'm like, yeah, you this boys is, love them. I'm like a submarine's chasing some cars. <laughs> and I'm like that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But hell, it's kind of fun. Like I'm having fun. There's a missile, and there's yeah. And it, as an action scene, I'm in. Yeah, I love it. I'm like, oh my god, that's like crazy. And then I go right. It doesn't. 
I don't give a shit how it ends, though. I don't care if the submarine kills them all. I kind of know. You always... That's a, a, another problem, really. You always know how it's going to end. They're going to win. Maybe it's you like want James them not to win sometimes? It's the same as Bond, isn't it? It's we haven't like, had them all down and out yet, have we? No. Or maybe. have we? No. You know, there's that that, mo- that one movie where which yeah. it would be like, what, the return of the... We did, actually. The one where they were Empire the Strikes run. Back, where you've got everybody's in a shitty... <laughs> everyone's down and out and everyone's disjointed and no one has any resources. I think it was Fast down. Five where they were all on the run from the police so they were, had mm. to keep their heads down and there wasn't any... That that was kind of the down and out movie. Mm. I I will be very disappointed if by... They say the 10th one will be the final one. If it does not go to space <laughs> and I feel like it's going to space somehow, <laughs> I'll be disappointed. Uh, I mean... If you're trying to go bigger and bigger and bigger every time, and it really is getting very big, there's no coming back from how big it is now. It's what it is. You mean we have to get to the space station? And yeah. Whatever. Some bad guy, Cypher maybe, is a space as a space station somehow. Something. And there's a big fight in space and a car chase in space. Because, have we ever seen a car chase in space? No. I would say no. I don't know how it works. I don't think that would be very good, though. I don't know technically how a car chase in space works. It wouldn't work. <laughs> I, think it, I think if it works anywhere, it could work in this this these Fast and the Furious. Because no, it could work in Machete. I don't really doubt anything <laughs> that happens on the screen in these. I'm like, okay, physics is kind of broken here. Like we're in New York and cars are falling, and it just seems really outlandish. But hey, it looks cool. And there's explosions. So, it's that kind of movie. You have a very high standard. (laughs) And I really enjoyed it. So, thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. If you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. You can win something. Have a look. Go this week. Movie recommendations. I am going on one. A recommendation of a Vin Diesel movie that I really like. And it's uh, Pitch Black, which you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also Chronicles of Riddick. And there's Riddick as well. Chronicles of Riddick, I'm not too keen on, but the Riddick one, the third movie, I really liked that one. I thought it was really cool with the bounty hunters coming to the planet. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, that one was good. So I liked the first the f- first and the last one. Middle one, wasn't that keen on. The middle one tried to uh, go super big budget and kind of Star Wars-y with a big epic thing. Didn't really work for me. But that's a, if I had to recommend a Vin Diesel movie, it'd be Chronicles of Riddick Pitch Black. Uh, and then I also wanted to recommend another action movie that I really enjoy, franchise, starring Jason Statham, and that's The Transporter, which uh, the reason Jason Statham is in the Fast and the Furious movies is one of the producers saw The Transporter and thought he would be good in it. It's a really cool movie. There's a fight that takes place in oil. Not baby yeah. oil, <laughs> but oil oil, like car oil, uh, bus, bike oil. Um that's really inventive. Like, it's like a fight scene that you've never and seen. And let's not forget, he throws a woman as a weapon. He does I've use a woman like as a weapon. <laughs> in the second movie, it gets really outlandish and bigger than the first one. It's It kind of turns into a Fast and the Furious type thing with rocket launchers and crazy stuff. But they are really fun movies. Again, you know, they're like, check your mind, watch some action. Jason Statham will kick people's asses, and then it's over. But yeah, I recommend those two for action movies that are fun. You recommend? I would recommend... Let me get over here. I'm doing my 30 years ago. Um, in 1987, I meant the last of them. Now, this is just from the list of movies I've seen. 
And this has lasted me quite a while, so I've seen a lot of dang movies. But this week, it will be La Bamba. La 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 bamba. Thank you. And Bad Taste. Now, I didn't see the movie Bad Taste in 1987. When did I see it? After I married you, which would have been after the year 2000. I recommended you. (laughs) Yeah. It's really bad. It's bad, but it knows it is. It's called Bad Taste. You know? It is. It knows what it is. Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson, his first movie that he made. First as in on the level of Evil Dead kind of first movie making. Yeah. As in... Uh, for four years, they got their cameras and their blood special effects and their stupid masks, and they went and filmed a little bit here and there between all their other jobs. And so it's not... <laughs> it's like The Evil Dead actually looks like a masterpiece compared to it, because <laughs> yeah. it's actually lower level. Correct. Than but it is a fun concept, and it is a gory kind of movie. But I would... The next thing you're going to talk about, I would also recommend that. Oh, yeah. So this week... Um, not again- so much the next one, but the next one. This week, games and a scully stuff. Um, I've been playing games, but you know what they are: Overwatch and <laughs> uh, Mass Effect, which yeah. I'm playing. So we watched a movie on Netflix, a brand new movie that came out um, called Okja, and um, it's the new movie from the guy, the Korean director who did The Host, which we really enjoyed. The Host. Um, it's a crazy Korean monster movie that you should see. I think. But Okja is his new movie, and it's straight to Netflix. Um, and uh, what did you think of it? Loved it. I really did love it. I mean, I'm, I was totally engaged with it. I was, like, wanting to see what would happen. It has a very sappy... Message? Intention. You know, the intentions are good. It's a bit heavy-handed, obviously. But I think that it, if you like... If you don't mind subtitles... There do, wasn't subtitles, was There's it? a few. Hmm? There's a few. I mean, it was mostly American actors in it. And it is a bit... It's just heavy-handed with its message. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't want to spoil it. But it's got really good special effects, I'd say, 90% of the time. Then if, occasionally it's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Their heavy-handed CGI is kind of slipping here, but... Yeah, Okja is an actual CG character, let's yeah. say. Um, who I thought was fantastically animated. There's... That sequence in the middle of the movie in the shopping mall. Yeah, really good. It was like it was really there. Yep. Like, I was looking at it, I was like, wow, even the things that are flying up and all the things that are being knocked over, it's, it. I, I'm not questioning that that thing is in there. Yeah, it's a really cool movie. It makes you think a lot, and it's quite sad, I think. Yes. And it, it might make you... Maybe, I don't know, it is a bit heavy-handed, but maybe it will make some people think about something, about what it's about. It's on Netflix, you can watch it now. Um, Okja. We also watched another movie this week uh, called The Belko Experiment, which uh, was written by James Gunn, the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy. What did you think of The Belko Experiment? I enjoyed that one also, again. What what is that one? What's it about? Um, It is kind of what it sounds like. It's an experiment where a bunch of businessy, not businesses, like office workers are locked in a building and then there's this, you know, Hunger Games or what do you call it? What was the other Battle movie? Battle Royale. Battle Royale set up. Um, whoever lives wins or gets to live and that's it. So you've just got these ordinary people set to make a decision whether they're willing to murder each other to survive for no reason. There's nothing, no, nothing, no explanation ever given, but it just sort of hypes up this idea that everyone would turn savage if given the opportunity, which I disagree with. 
Some would, some wouldn't. So it was good. I enjoyed it. I don't know if it was good. It was enjoyable and kind of shocking. Yeah. Because it did things where you go, oh, that is totally not what you do in the movie. When you've been telling me the story about that character, that character's supposed to be this, 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 and that, not this, this, and oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I did appreciate the variables on the genre in there, on the expectations. It's just that when you look at the overall, it was a little less over, it was like underwhelming a little it's bit. It's a fun little. I'm assuming, Horror, it, was, I'm assuming it was fairly low budget because it's really like one. It's a very in you know just very singular thing, isn't it? It's all in this office building. They don't even really adventure around it that much. There's mm. a little bit, there's a bit some pieces where they go in a elevator shaft and stuff. But um, I thought it was well executed. The, yep, the gore was uh-huh, kind of shocking well in parts. You know, like when with the axe through the face and that kind yep. of stuff. It got really intense at parts. There was um, some. There's, there's a couple of the Walking Dead actors in there that you'll see. Michael Rooker's in there, and um, who else was from the Walking Dead? Mm, I forget now. The the, the um, and the main guy, like the hero, as you would say, is the uh, guy from Ten Cloverfield Lane, who uh, help kind of helps her out when she's in there in the bunker. Um, but yeah, it's good. It was all filmed in Colombia actually, uh, where it takes place, which I thought was interesting, because it didn't need to be. You could have filmed that anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's... Columbia the country. Yeah, Columbia the country, not the uh, town that is near <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it could have been. So that's the Belko experiment. That's... Uh, it's horror. It's big horror. It's not horror as in Jason or Michael, but it's horror as in Hostile gore. or... Uh, yeah. Yeah, gore. Kind of More of a gorer than a horror. It really, really... Like, I've seen Battle Royale, you haven't, but uh, it's a lot of Battle Royale going on, even down to what is, you know, the head thing, is an yeah. actual Battle Royale thing. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Svenguli. Um What is Svenguli Said Talk, and uh, what is on this week? Well, we won't be watching it, because we've seen it before, but it is a horror host of a different kind. He gets dressed up every week and shows a horror movie of some kind, but not like Jason or Michael or like this, but of the 1930s, 40s, 50s, sometimes 60s. And then this one, I believe, is from the 70s. It's called The Car. It's actually good. I liked it. It wasn't necessarily good, but it was different. As far it's as a old. car yeah. that we are, that's implied that it's just possessed by the devil. And so it just runs over people randomly and chases down some kids and some nuns and it runs through a living room. That's my best scene ever. Um, for that particular movie. But we won't be watching it because we've seen it. And therefore we'll be watching something else. I don't know what. Uh, so uh, what is for dinner? Tonight will be a HelloFresh. Dun, dun, dun. HelloFresh.com. Hello We're not sponsored Fre- by them. We're not sponsored by them, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would be happy to take their free meals every week. But <laughs> I still pay for them. I do I have been able to get lots of $30 deals, so that's good. But um, tonight will be a fatouche salad which is bread chopped up like a flatbread and then it's got goat cheese vinaigrette black olives tomato cucumber and chickpeas that are roasted it just is a delicious it's a delicious salad and even though it's going to take me time to get it done and we're going to be done it's going to be late i'm willing to do that instead of drive over and get a sandwich and it does sound delicious it does and it's you know what this hello fresh thing because I like a lot of food. That's why I have a big round ass. It's just part of the package. 
I was concerned in the very beginning, oh, they're not going to, you know, when it's home cooked restaurant food, basically is what they're trying to teach you to do. And it's true. You are learning dishes that you and I every week say, I could have got that at a restaurant. I mean, yes, I'm a good enough cook to make it work. However, I would never think of these things on my own or know how to do them without the instructions. But the volume that you get is amazing. Like these, when I say these salads, we're going to have a huge plateful each of lettuce and whatever else. No, it doesn't have any lettuce. It's just all vegetables. tomatoes. Yeah, loads of tomato, cucumber, all that stuff. And then the bread isn't much bread. I mean, it's enough. But we always have a little bit left over after two people eat it. And we're talking about 700 calories each, maybe. Yeah, it's a proper full meal for dinner, yeah. So I'm impressed with them. It's just that I can't afford the full price, so I have to cancel it. Well, you it. can afford. It's just it seems too much. To yeah, not. true. I can, but <laughs> I don't want to because I'd rather spend that $60 on other food. <laughs> but uh, you can, um, if you're a new customer, you can always get, you can try it. For, you can use my code. You can try it for I nothing. Do ha- actually, I do have yeah. a code, you know, if you want to actually do it. I mean, I'm not selling it to you. You have to. Here's what we do, and this is not the way they would like to market it. But it is, um, I'm looking for my code now, if I can find it. Um, you have to sign up, you have to give them all your details, your payment details, all that jazz, and then you pick your box. And when you sign up for the first time anyway, you're going to get a discount. If you use my code, which is C-I-N-D-H-A-Y, which is like Cindy Hayes, but C-I-N-D-H-A-Y, Put that in for your customer code. You'll get um, $40 off your first week, which is makes it $20. Yeah, just and $20 for three, correct, three meals. Correct, three meals for two people. And I don't know if that applies to the pe- the ones for four people because I've never tried it. We just do the two people. Yeah. Um, so you might, you know, look around. But you can do meat meals. We're vegetarian, so we get r- excellent vegetarian meals. Yeah, there's three different boxes. One's like... Um the meat one, one's the vegetarian one, and one's like a family one, which is mm-hmm. a little less exotic, so kids can enjoy it too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're good. I Even though we're not sponsored by them or anything, <laughs> everything we've eaten from them, including that seitan dish, seitan, seitan dish we had last night, which you wasn't even thinking, you was thinking, oh, I don't know if... I've never liked seitan before. Seitan is like fermented soybean pate, or pat, uh, um, blocks. And, and how good was it? It was absolutely delicious. That rice with the lime zest and the lime juice. And that sounds fancy, but it's not fancy. You just cook it, chop off the skin, throw it in there, put in a little lime juice. It was delicious. Like yeah. the kind of delicious where I'm like, did I cook this? <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, really good. So, uh, yeah, that's probably, we've given them like a, a bunch of advertising. But nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So your advice before we leave. My advice this week, did I forget? Oh, it's very simple. Be good at it. If you're going to do a thing, you know, try to be good at it. And what that means is, as much as I fight it in my life, if I wanted to be a really good artist, which I can draw and I can paint a little bit and I can make stuff, if I really wanted to be good at it, I would put in the time and the effort. That's a lot of time and effort. What I've learned is, like I'm doing genealogy lately, and it's kind of got its own little rhythm and its own little system and to research and gather all the data, right? And if you're not good at it, like really good at it, you're 
you're not going to be very successful. So I've just taken the time to just be good at it. And in the end, it's like very rewarding and productive. Same as if I would put in the time to be a good artist, I would be a good artist. I would be good at it. I just think if you have a thing, I don't know if you consider sitting and watching movies something to be good at, but I guess if you can turn it around and be productive with it, be good at it. That's it. All right. So I want to <laughs> remind you about our website, sayscully.com and sidtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or the RSS feed. Go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can listen to all the podcasts there or download them or whatever you like. Download them all and have a big library of them. You can also email me, aschoolie.com, or email sidtalk. And... um I was going to say, stay classy, uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. It's not necessarily classy, but <laughs> I don't think it's going anywhere, not with that kind of money that it's taking. True. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you.